right, let's get into it. This is another episode of For What It's Worth with Wes Hoffman, and I'm your host, Wes Hoffman. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, yeah, so today I'm down here in my studio at Encapsulated Studio. Uh, love this place. I've had this place here for about eight years now, and I really enjoy being down here. It's Honestly, it is like an extension of my home. So uh, this is where we practice. This is where I write stuff. Uh, this is where sometimes I record podcasts and all that and um, really just kind of my space to like get away and do the things that I want to do. So, <laughs> uh, but very thankful to be here at Encapsulated Studios. So this episode is with Brent Waterworth uh, from a band called Taken Days and they are located out in California, Southern California, I believe in the LA area. And uh, really awesome guy. Really enjoy talking with Brent. Uh, it's kind of an interesting story about how we met and, uh, you know, through the internet, through a podcast that I was on um, with Mike Herrera from MXPX, which if you have not heard the new MXPX album called Find A Way Home, uh, go to whatever you listen to on uh, your music on and go check that out because it's a very good album. So, uh, But anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, Brent had heard me on that podcast and commented on a post and then we kind of went back and forth and I checked out his band and uh, you know we connected and started messaging each other and uh, that's really just kind of how it all came about. So he sent me some of their new songs that they're recording on their new album. That's uh, new songs that are going to be on their new album uh, that's going to be out on SBAM Records. And uh, it's they're very, very good. So uh, definitely look out for Taken Days. Look for the new album. It's going to be awesome. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, I wanted to say we had a great show uh, here in St. Louis where I'm from. Uh, with Belvedere, uh, previous guest Steve Rawls was on uh, was, was on the podcast, and we uh, we had a great show with them. Um, we had a pretty good turnout, and all the bands really just absolutely killed it. So that was a really fun time. And then coming up here in the next couple weeks, we have uh, a show in Carbondale, Illinois, with Sidewalk Slam. Uh, some of you probably remember them from Tooth and Nail Records, and uh, their drummer Matt Jackson has actually played with my band on several tours and several shows. So um, he's one of my best friends now, and I'm really excited to do a show with them. We used to do shows with them all the time back in the day uh, when they were really <clears throat> popping off. So definitely stoked to to go to Carbondale and play a show with them. And then that's on September 16th, and then on September 17th. We are playing in Nashville with our friends Sideline Heroes, um, a band called 95 Corolla, and The Catastrophes. So if you are in either of those areas, I would highly recommend you to come out to those shows. We'd love to see you. Make sure to say what's up. And uh, yeah, enjoy this episode with Brent Waterworth. All right, what is up, everybody? Brent Waterworth from Taken Days. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, Wesley. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks for thanks for being on the show. Um, so I, I think this is cool, and sometimes I like to, um, you know, uh, sometimes I like to do, um, what do you call it? Sorry, I'm getting sidetracked here for a minute. I got to keep no. my focus back. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I like to share the story of how I've connected with people because I think that's important. Sure. I think that's important for people to know simply because um, 
it's, it's interesting to see how we make connections and, and how we meet people throughout the music industry. So you had, uh, you had commented on, uh, I was recently on my Carreras podcast a couple of months ago. Um, uh-huh. By the way, if you have not heard the new MXPX album, it is awesome. Totally. I was gonna. I've listened to it three times in a day, and I'm. I genuinely mean that. Like, I'm not just trying to kiss his ass or anything. It's freaking awesome. <laughs> no, dude. Me too. Me too. I've listened to it three times yesterday. Um, I I pre-ordered the vinyl. It's on the way here today. Um, I got. I I've been. I have been wearing an MXPX hoodie every fall and winter for the last like seven or eight years. So I've got a new hoodie too. Um, but it's a really good album, and um, uh. You had commented on on when they released my episode that you know you had had a similar story to me, and that kind of struck a chord with me because I was like, well, you know, maybe this dude has went through something that I've went through before. Um, so we started messaging. Sure. I checked out your band. Uh, you know, then we're following each other. We started messaging, kind of getting to know each other a little bit, and um, you know, that's really just how it happens. I'm really big on like when somebody kind of reaches out or, or mentions something or, you know, you made that comment, I'm kind of, in my mind, I'm like, maybe the universe is telling me to connect with this person. So, uh, for he, sure, you know, here we are a couple months later, um, you know, talking on a podcast. So <laughs> I think it's really cool. Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, my show is super cool. I, I listen to it regularly. I was a guest on it a couple years ago. And, and uh, it really reached a lot of people, and uh, especially when he has a guest that I'm not familiar with, I try to make the time while I'm driving to like throw it on. And when I heard your story, I was kind of like, "That's cool. Like this this Wesley guy is like the same guy as me, and he's in the Midwest. I'm in California, but I feel like we're the same age, kind of live the same life. We're we're doing the same things in music. So I was like, of course I'm gonna like say hi, you know, for sure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So had you always played? Had you always played music or were you kind of like me where you played when you were younger and then took a break because life kind of happens and then, then you got back into it now? It, it, it was like that. So as a kid, I played in like the orchestra for five years, like violin and then mainly trumpet for like four or five years, all the way like up until high school, I was in an orchestra. And at the same time, got into like skateboarding, surfing and punk rock. Uh, towards the tail end of elementary school. So I played the guitar also since I was probably like 11 years old. Okay. And, um, and immediately jamming with kids at kids' houses, like whoever had drums, we would all skate all day and then like go over there and like play in kids' garages. And I had a band in seventh grade that we played like one gig. Mostly we were playing like Minor Threat, Bad Religion, and Misfit songs and stuff. Um, but then I kept playing and, you know, had all these punk friends. And uh, at the end of high school, there was a band called Barely Legal that was like made up of mostly kids from a different high school and one from the high school I went to. And they needed like a fill-in for a summer run because one of the guys was going to college. So I ended up being in that band for like three years and met a ton of people. Uh, that was around the time that like Thrice and Atreyu were blowing up and Seosin was getting made. Actually, Bo did one of our records. So like when he was still an open hand, and we kind of like, I got into the scene that way, but um, I also got hired by the fire department, which is my day job. And oh. it was su- super hard to do both, like impossible to do both things. So, and then as I was like going to medic school and all this stuff, it was like, I could never do music also. And so 
pretty much I had to leave the band. Uh, one of the guys continued on and still does music uh, professionally and full time. And but it always bugged me, and it was always a thing. I always stayed super connected to punk, hardcore, emo, indie rock. Like I, I love it all. And then um, in like probably 2016, 2017. So about 11 years later. I did do a, so, a solo record in between. It was like an acoustic thing. It actually is out now, uh, just under my name, Brent Waterworth. But it was, there were demos. I recorded a whole record in one night by myself at like a legit studio. Uh, a friend hooked it up. Um, and it was demos because I'm like, I'm going to start a band. Like, I'm going to do it and let me put down these 10 songs that I have so that I can like find band members. And I never did. And basically it always bugged me. And... Um, I finally made the decision to like get back into it, and I joined Taken Days in 2017, who was basically a garage band, just just barely getting off the ground. Um, they did have an EP, and then the following year, I joined Toxic Energy, uh, which I've done for years too. Uh, it's, the band's not really active right now, but um, great dudes, great band. And then I've been playing in like Sidekick lately, um, doing some filling stuff and some touring and. Just kind of whatever, but Taking Days is definitely my main thing. Like, that's the main, that's had the most success. That's been the most, uh, the, the primary project at this point. And really, I think I have to make it my, my complete focus is what I've realized is getting spread so thin, playing in all these different bands, as fun as it is and as much as you want to do it, at some point you're like, okay, I have a family and a life and a career, a demanding <laughs> career. <laughs> yeah, and all yeah. These things, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I totally agree. I mean, um, you know, I, and I, I honestly started playing kind of right around the same time too. 2016 was when I, when I started up again. So, um, you know, I think we're, we're kind of on the same timeline there too. Totally. Um, but yeah, no, your, your story, I was like, holy smokes. Like, like, is this for real? Like we're the same dude. Like seriously. <laughs> yeah. Was the, was there some kind of defining moment that happened that you were like, oh, I need to get back into this and play. There was actually, so it was kind of two things back to back. Um, the first one was I went to, it was uh, a no effects festival in Huntington. It, I think it was called Punk and Drublick. Yeah. And like all these bands were playing there or whatever. And I went with a bunch of friends and we were there and like uh, I ran into some old school people that I knew that were like, hey, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then people were asking me, and I'm like, yeah, I've played with DI before. I've played with the Dickies before. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, I used to be in a band. They're like, what? And then people were like, why aren't you still in a band? I'm like, that, I have no clue. I don't know. That's just, that's a great question. And then I ran into an older friend who basically was like, yeah, like, I'm surprised you're not up there doing this. Like, you know you're kind of like of all the people I know you're the, you're the person that should be there. And I'm like, I totally should be. And then like a week or so later, I, I went to see thrice. God, I can't remember who they played with. And thrice is from my hometown. We're the same age. They're from the other high school. So I watched their whole evolution. We shared a studio uh, with them around the time they were writing artists in the ambulance and like watched their whole, I'm, I'm going to see thrice today, actually. Uh, oh, nice. thing exploded. Yeah. They're like my, they're like my tool. I'm like a core thrice guy. Um, and I was at this thrice show and a member from my old band was there. Uh, I knew it. And we were hanging out and he pulled me aside and he's like, you are so good at this. You're such a good songwriter. You're such a good guitar player. You're, you're totally amazing at this. Why are you not doing it? And I'm like, God, you know, it's been killing me for like a couple weeks now. You're like the multiple people have said that to me. I'm like, 
fuck it, I'm doing this. And I, that was it. I'm, I'm like, you know what? I literally took out the old SG and like, I'm like, the springs were rusted. I don't have an amp. And I'm like, I don't care. I, I'm, I'm fucking doing this. We're doing this right now. Like it's time. It was definitely like the universe was pushing you with all those people telling you, hey, you should be yeah. up there. You're at the show. People, you're running into people, you know, and, and people are telling you, man, we miss you up there. And, dude, I, I had the same uh, very similar experiences. And then, you know, you start it back up and it's almost like for me, when I started again, I was like, why did I ever stop doing this? Yes. <laughs> like yes. Years I felt the same way. Years went by from like 2008 to 26, 2015 or 16, and I didn't even touch a guitar. Um, no, me neither. And, 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 I'm, and I can't even now, like a day or two goes by, and if I don't play guitar, I, I, you know, I usually am like, okay, I need to carve out some time. I need to carve out a couple hours where I can go write some stuff and, and jam out and like, you know, you know get, get some riffs in, <laughs> you know, so... Um, completely and well and not only that so I already know that you're going to agree with this what bummed me out the most is when I started getting back into it my first thought was I have no clue what's going on in local music like so I was so disconnected from it I became a fair weather fan and only listening to the legacy bands that we all grew up with like most people in punk rock and when I connected with the local scene and saw what the record labels were and what bands were playing I was like heartbroken. I'm like, I've been missing all this this whole time because I was so focused on not being a part of the local music scene. It's like once you're out, you're kind of out and you can forget about it. And I hated that I kind of turned my back on that unintentionally for 10 years. And it's like my favorite bands are the local bands. Like there's so much good stuff out there. It's crazy. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, even even local, I, I agree. Same thing here. And, and I, I, uh, I actually started a Instagram uh, when I started releasing music ser more seriously a couple of years ago, about two and a half years ago, um, uh, called 314 Punk. And I didn't realize how, because 314 Punk is the area code, area code here in St. Louis. And okay. I didn't realize how many local bands there were once I started that page and um, how much of a need there was to kind of get the word out about what's happening in the local scene. Um, completely I, I uh, but but not only that you know of course there's the really big bands like Green Day Alkaline Trio Fallout Boy um, sure you know Newfound Glory like a, a Bayside like a lot of those legacy now that are legacy acts um, yeah you know I remember seeing Bayside in Little Rock Arkansas in 2003 it was like their first US tour and like nobody was there yeah um, and it's so cool totally. to see, so cool to see bands like that, you know, and then like I, I saw them 12 years later uh, uh, in actually it was in 14 years later because it was 2016 or 13. It was 2016 at a festival that they were like co-headlining in Dallas. And I was like, dude, this is insane. I literally saw these guys and when, when there was like they, nobody there. And it, I think that's really cool because it just goes to show like you know, these guys are just regular guys like you and me. And, and they, oh, yeah. they started somewhere where playing a show in, in somewhere like Little Rock, Arkansas or St. Louis or, you know, Omaha, Nebraska, doing a tour where there was nobody there. And then look at their growth. You know, they stuck with it and they kept releasing records and like, you know, it, 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 it snowballs. But um, all, all of yeah. that to say, all of that to say, <laughs> I get off on tangents, but I'm going to wrap it back up. 
Um, even like just the smaller bands that aren't on a big label that are on kind of on an indie label. Um, those are some of my favorite bands as well. Some of the up and coming bands that, you know, we, that maybe haven't kind of broken through to the masses. Like, um, I, yeah. you know, I love bands like, like hot Mulligan, even though I know, I know they're getting uh-huh. bigger now. Um, yeah. you know, I, I love bands like that or like, um, another band that has been around for a while, but, um, uh, just released a new record is versus the world. Are you? Fam- oh, they're like my favorite band ever, <laughs> dude. Dude, their new album. Yeah. Their new album is so. It's, it's probably one of my favorite. It's definitely one of my favorite albums of the year. Um, and then there's another band from <clears throat> Quebec City, Canada called Downstater. Have you heard of them yet? I haven't. Uh, you, you should definitely check them out check if you out. like skate I'll punk. Check it out. That's that's yeah. another. Those two albums are like my favorite albums of the year so far. So. Um, oh, totally. Yeah, but speaking of that, speaking of versus the world, um, which I would love to have one of the guys on one of, of, of them, that band on, on this podcast. Um, oh, I'll tell him. So, I'm friends with all them. Yeah, I'll if you know him, if you know him, uh, uh-huh. you know, put a yeah. bug in their ear. I think is Don. Don's the lead singer. Uh, Donald. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, put 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 a, put a, a wor- good word in for me to Donald if you can. <laughs> I will. I will. No, for sure. You know what they. Uh, <laughs> I had always heard of that band. Um, I'm going to go off on a tangent, but I was uh, I was working and I stopped by. So we have the same producer, Cameron Webb, and I'm actually going to tonight's Alkaline Trio Thrice Bayside Show with Cameron. Um, and uh, I stopped by just to say what's up to him. He's like, "Yeah, cruise in. I'm, I'm tracking." And I walked in there, and Versus the World was tracking. And this was like 2021, so it was that album. That album. It took him a long time to get that out. And I walked in, and I'm like, "Whoa, what's up?" <laughs> and met everybody. Um, and that was cool. And then, uh, didn't really stay in contact with them too much, but like met them and then taken days played their record release show in LA. And then when oh, I was a yeah. sidekick, we, 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 yeah, we play, I played with them a, three weeks ago in Belgium at a festival and we all went to Dusseldorf, Germany the next day. They were playing with diesel boy. Uh, we were playing with sloppy seconds. They were going to combine the shows, but the promoters couldn't, uh, afford to put, pay everybody. So we did separate gigs, and then we all hung out that night. Oh, that's awesome! So, that's freaking uh, awesome! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I know, I love that band. So yeah, I will, I will hit them up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Let them know. I would love to have one of them on the on the podcast. Um, uh, yeah. But uh, it, it, that's I think that's a good segue because you guys, uh, Taken Days, just recently signed with SBAM. Um, Yes. Out of out, out of Europe, uh, they're from Belgium, is that right, or Germany or something? Uh, um, Austria. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and and versus the world also put their uh-huh. their new album, uh, the Bastards Live Forever, out on that that label. So, tell yes. me a little bit about like the one thing that I think is really cool about being a little bit older. Um, you know, I I'm I'm not afraid of my age. I'm 40 years old. So, like, being mm-hmm. being a little bit older in the scene and doing this now is like. Um, I feel like I'm a little bit smarter. I'm a little bit wiser. I have, oh, yeah. a, I have a little bit more business sense than I did when I was 23. And, you For know, sure. so I can kind of understand, like definitely just navigating the, the world of making connections, booking shows, um, working with labels, working with publicists, like all that kind of stuff is much easier now that I'm older and I, I've owned my own business in the past. Um, you know, and communicating with people 
is is so much more easier than when I was 23. So I'm I'm definitely interested in hearing. You know, I know you guys did put out an album on Wiretap as well. Um, so I'd be uh-huh. interested in hearing just kind of how all of that has come about, and and if you're if you feel the same that like you know maybe you're a little bit older and a little bit wiser now. Oh, completely. Like back in the day, my band. I don't know what we thought was going to happen, but. I think we thought that someone was going to overhear us rehearsing and like kick in the door and be like, you're on epitaph. And we're going to be like, duh, obviously, <laughs> you know, and, but like <laughs> that never happened. And, uh, I was too immature and young to like introduce myself to people and like, Oh, I don't know that guy. I'm not going to talk to him. And I'd watch a band and be like, I'm not going to go tell the guy good set. I don't know that dude, you know? And I got way over that. And <clears throat> I, I'm so enamored and deep in the business side of music that sometimes I forget, oh, shoot, I probably should play the guitar, right, and practice something because I'll be like, it's been a week and all I've done is is the business stuff. And every opportunity that we've had is uh, myself and uh, Landon, our drummer, and Corey, bass player and singer. Um, it's our personalities and our networking. Um, f- fortunately, the band is... is good and we write really good songs and the new songs are so much better than the other stuff so that helps when you do have a good product but ultimately it's it's who you know and how you meet them and and the relationships fostered and we love wiretap records that was one of the first things i discovered when i got back into local music was spanish love songs and odd robot and audio karate and everything that they were doing and i'm like oh my god like where have i been and I went to those gigs, shook people's hands, introduced myself, and became friends with everybody. And then when uh, Taken Days was making that first record, um, pitched it to some labels, and Wiretap was always a little interested. Rob, who who owns it, had always kind of been, hey, let me know when Taken Days does something. Because I'd shared our earlier EPs with him, and I think he knew we were growing in the right direction. And then we, uh, Rob's like family to us. Um, And all the bands on that label, um, there's so many incredible bands. I mean, I, I could, couldn't remember to name half of them without looking at it, but we've played with most of them. We've made so many friends. We got to play with a lot of them. Uh, we wouldn't normally have like a fest last year. And when bands roll through town, we've tried to connect with them. And, yeah. um, it's been great. So, and that was just from meeting people and going to their events. Like wiretap has a festival and I was like, I wish I was playing this festival. So I went to it, you know, and I, walked up to Rob who owns it and said, Hey, nice to see you again. How are you? And, and talked to all the bands that were playing that day, you know, and, and then now we play wiretap fests, you know, and we put out music with them. So, and then the same kind of thing came about with SBAM a little indirectly. I didn't have a direct tie to them other than, um, mercy music is on there who are our good friends. So it's venomous pinks, um, uh, victory kid. Who else do we know on SBAM? Well, oh, Chase. <laughs> Versus, well, so that hadn't really happened yet. Actually, they were, oh yeah, okay, so they had announced that they were on there, but I wasn't really that, my friendship with them is pretty pretty recent. Um, oh, okay, okay. Uh, Chaser had put out some stuff out there, and I knew SBAM was blowing up, and when, when Taken Days was tracking, we had all the intention of the world of releasing it again with Wiretap, but we wanted some international labels too, so we were talking to some other international labels to kind of spread the vinyl distro out and get word so that we could try to tour other parts of the world. And we were kind of working on that. And then it was a different connection. A friend of mine, John, who owns a clothing brand called Imperium Rags, and he has a a marketing media company called Dorothy House. 
he uh, started doing some promotion stuff for bands and projects, and uh, he was been working with like Bad Cop, TSOL, um, various friends of ours, uh, the Mad Caddies, and he and I had talked about doing some media work for Taken Days. He had, he put us on a show with uh, an event he did. Um, actually, I played bass for Sidekick at their first show, which was with like face to face food goal skulls and gutter mouth. And then they did a next show and it was taken days with venomous pinks, last gang, gutter mouth and the mad caddies. So we all became friends and he mentioned something to me like, Hey, before you release a record, I want to talk to you. And he had kind of befriended S bam and they were doing some media stuff and kind of, we had a few meetings and the whole thing just kind of some phone calls over to Europe and some conversations happen. And the, the, Everything kind of made sense. It was like this. This is available if you guys are into it. Your your new record's killer. We're all into this thing. So we're like, yeah, this is cool. So it was very actually hard to make the decision to leave Wiretap to do this. Um, but you know, called Rob. We had a brother to brother conversation, and he couldn't be more supportive. So, and a guy like that, that's the reason we released music with them anyways in the first place is because of his. He's a good human. He's just a good guy, you know, and. He's already asked us to be a part of a comp thing they have coming next year. And we're like, of course, like we want to still play with all the wiretap bands and play the festivals and be on comps and do all that stuff. So by no means are we mo- moving on. We're just kind of spreading it. And sure. If we get track, if, if we get traction going another way, like in my opinion, we, we tow the wiretap, you know, bands behind us, you know, with it, if, if we ever have the ability to do so, you know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, so dude, we, um, my band just recently signed with Jumpstart Records. I don't know if you're familiar with right. them. Yeah. I am. Yeah, cool. Yeah, Same. you know, so like um, some of their like legacy bands or like our alumni are like Wilhelm Scream, Belvedere. Belvedere, who we're actually playing with tomorrow night. Um, uh, oh, I saw that. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Off With Their Heads. Um, a, bu- Oof, a bunch of different that. bands. And, and um, you know, I, I feel like... Um, it's it's great to have a label like behind you pushing and, and you know we have a manager who also kind of works as like our booking agent consultant and, and does some like publicist stuff for us too publicity pu- publicity stuff for us um, yeah and it's it's really cool to kind of like as you get you know on the on a previous episode uh, I was talking about this like it's really cool as you kind of want to I'm always really big on like growing the project. And as the project yeah. as the project grows, um, things like a label and a manager and a booking agent are all really important things to like helping that grow. And I mean, there's a lot of things you can do. I, of course, I'm I'm sure you're the same kind of guy that has like the DIY ethos of like, okay, sure, I'll I'll get it done. If nobody else is gonna do it, I'll get it done. But like now, I feel like we're we're where I want to go. I need more people, like a team of people, to kind of help me get the word out more about what we're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but I've also real come to the realization that like just because you're working with a label doesn't mean that like you've made it. You know what I mean? I think there's no, this. No. I, th- I think there's that nope. that <laughs> that illusion yeah. that like oh my god these guys are like these guys are on a label like they you know we've made it like they're yeah. gonna. You know, and then very quickly you'll find out that like most labels are are one or two people or a small group of people, um, especially uh-huh. indie labels that are kind of like you know uh, Jeremy from Jumpstart. I'm very in our very early conversations a year ago. He was like, "Look, I'm one person. I can only do so much. 
Like, you yeah. know, uh, a label like Jumpstart has an awesome, or Wiretap or SBAM, like they, they have an awesome reputation and that's, there's like a certain amount of like, cred, you know, street cred that you maybe get from being on a label. Sure. But at the same time, yeah. we are still doing a lot of the work. Um, totally. You know, uh, and, and the label helps us get out to a bigger group, uh, you know, uh, a bigger audience group and gets us a little bit more reach and people that maybe haven't heard of us before um, are, are um, you know, finding out about us. And uh, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to do a, a, like a, a label kind of like, not fest, but like a label showcase show um, in Philadelphia cool. later this year. Yeah, so, so things like that, you know, we've definitely yeah. connected with a lot of other bands. But um, I would sure. be interested in hearing, you know, kind of your take on how have labels, um, how has working with a label like helped you, um, you know, and because uh, I know we yeah. still have to do like a lot of work ourselves, but like, oh, big time, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm interested in oh, just yeah. kind of knowing, you know, what's what's that experience been like for you? Uh, it, I I agree with everything you're saying, and like, yeah, we're a DIY mindset band, and we still are a DIY band, but we're very much like. We're DIY, but hey, if you want to help, <laughs> you for know, sure. so for that, sure. that, that's our thought. And, and when you're making music, like we do it for ourselves, right? We have careers anyways and, and jobs. And, and um, there's a saying that you don't play music for money until you play music for money, uh, which right. I think is hilarious. And uh, basically, um, we do it for ourselves, but we want people to care about the project. And when you gain fans and listeners who care, that's amazing. But there's something really neat when a record label or an agent or um, a clothing brand or anything really takes such a liking to your project that they want to become a part of it. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, somebody besides us is pushing us. So that feeling is very like warm and embracing and, and, and rad. And I think like speaking specifically to like Wiretap, what they did, what they did for us is invaluable. I, I mean, it's it's priceless is a better word for that. Uh, they validated us because we had some cool songs before and some cool releases before, um, but they basically made us cool. Is people said, oh, you, you're on Wiretap, and whether that was networking to meet another band or net, networking to get on a show or just convincing people that you should probably listen to this, um, they did that for us and. Not just them, but before we even got to them, Cameron Webb, we owe so much to, who is like the greatest producer of our time. Um, it, and it's by chance that I ever met him backstage at a Pennywise show because he's Pennywise's producer and we we're friends with Pennywise. And But we, I just walked right up to the guy. I knew exactly who he was and we hit it off in a conversation and I followed up with some text messages and I hung out at the studio and checked some stuff out and we became friends and it wasn't till years later when things lined up because Toxic Energy, we were gonna maybe record with him but he was super busy. He wrapped up like a no effects. He had lag wagon and strung out in the slot so obviously there was no time for us. It didn't work out at that time but then later down the road, we made a connection about Taking Days. He didn't, never even heard of him. He was, he was my friend, and he didn't even know I was in a band called Taking Days. So he gave us our sound and the production level, and we didn't do a lot of pre-pro on that record. This next one is like crazy pre-pro, and like <laughs> these songs that aren't even out yet, we wrote them two years ago. Yes. Or started, the, start, started the writing process, and I, I do want to circle into that when we get there, but basically Cameron, uh, now I'm on attention, but um, Cameron... We go, when he cared about our band, that blew my mind. And then we made a good product. We made a 
a good first record. And I'm like, people are actually going to listen to this if they hear about it. And then Wiretap put us on that platform and they validated us. They made us cool. We felt embraced and so many doors open or conversations. I'd be like, oh, oh, you haven't heard of our band? Okay, we're on Wiretap. People go, oh, you are? And instantly it's like, oh God, that worked. You know, that, that shot us a, a, a big, in a lot of people's minds, that shot us way up the line. And then, and then going to SBAM is kind of like the next step in the, you know, I put Wiretap as like a mid-level label and then SBAM is like mid to big now in the punk world. They're kind of like the new fat records. Um, I think they're going to absolutely, they just really got into the U.S. distro thing, mm-hmm. but I think they're, I think they are going to explode. And I, I literally cannot believe that we're there. Like it's, it's a mind blower to me that we're, we're in this uh, group of bands. And I think it's been only, I mean, I've known about this for months and months and it's been killing me. And then finally it was announced a few weeks ago and very soon we'll be announcing uh, the first single next month and stuff like that. But it's, it's blowing my mind. And, and the few people who I've connected with are like, you guys are on SBAM now? It's like, you can hear it in their voice and you're like, yes, this yeah. is working. If, <laughs> you I mean, know, you're like, yeah. yes. If, if, you if you're a person, if you're a person kind of like me that pays attention to labels and, and um, you know, record labels and, and the bands that are on those labels and who they're, yeah. put, what they're putting out and stuff like that. You know, I, when I saw that, I was definitely like, you know, that kind of tipped the scales for me. I was like, oh man, I, I think sure. I want to connect with this Brent dude now, like over, over a, a yeah, conversation. Sure. You know? And uh, absolutely. Yeah. They, they them. Cool. And then, um, another really good one out of Canada is thousand Island records. Have you heard of them? Love or? that. Yeah. Love that. Can yeah. Thousand Island and, uh, people of punk rock is a great Canadian label too. Um, yeah, Downstater, think, Downstater yeah. Uh, released their album through People of Punk Rock. Yeah, and I think People of Punk Rock, if I'm not mistaken, is the distro, the Canadian distro for SBAM. So I think indirectly, oh, I believe yeah. our vinyls is going to go through <laughs> them. And we've, I, I've been in conversations with them for, for years. We played a long time ago a local show with Penfa Pole, and the guy who owns that was with them. And okay. he, watched our whole, he watched our whole set, and this is like early 2019 that was like it was like chaser and 10 foot pole and us it was maybe the besides like an atari show we had just played that was like the biggest show we'd ever played and i think that was our first show as a trio too which was we were it was like short notice trio moved to Corey went to bay our bass player moved away and we didn't want to cancel the 10 foot pole show and uh we ended up becoming a trio which we still are and we love the trio major trio vibes we love that um but yeah the 10 foot pole had the people of punk rock dude there and we connected with him then and we've kind of stayed in contact so they're a very rad label too there's some cool record labels putting out like the raddest stuff right now oh absolutely absolutely yeah have you guys played in canada yet no that is (laughs) the 2024 push for taking days is touring we we want to tour i have one that's got some grip big time and a Europe thing that's gaining some speed in Canada. I'm reaching out to contacts big time. We we would love to try and hit one of those festivals or do a small run. I mean, Canada like, is like Pusa. That or uh, 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 who else did I? Uh, uh, Redbridge. Yeah, um, Redbridge. You know, Redbridge would be killer. I've talked to them before. Oh, that's the people of punk rock. That's their thing. If I'm not wrong. Yeah, dude. I think we, it's, their, uh, it's their festival. We just uh, so we have a small record label in Canada that uh, has that put out our EP on a cassette, 
um, I well, guess it's been, it was early, it was last year. Um, and, mm-hmm. and then, uh, and uh, dude, if you want a show in Canada, I can at least get you one show um, in Rimouski, Quebec, which is like Eastern Canada. It's, it's a little bit further north, uh-huh. north but um, the guy who owns our label also owns a venue there. And uh, it's, cool. a, it, yeah, it's a really cool spot. It's like a smaller town, but um, uh, it's a really cool venue and, and he'll definitely take care of you guys. And um, uh, yeah, and then we, okay. played, we played Quebec City as well. And um, dude, awesome. can- Canada is like, people love skate punk and like punk rock in Canada. They do. It's so, I they don't know do, what, it, especially Eastern Canada, like Montreal, Quebec, Toronto, yeah. uh, Quebec, yeah. Quebec City. Like um, I, I'm definitely interested in like, you know, we, we definitely want to go back and do like a, a small run with a band that's maybe from there. So um, yeah, yeah. Our, our, our friends talk show host from Wiretap, um, are, are up there i think they're actually in, in quebec and we we got to meet them when we played with them at fest and we've been talking about stuff too so that's another one i need to circle back to but yeah canada i mean uh this music is blowing up in europe and canada way more so than it is in the u.s which is why you got to go play europe and got to go play canada and yeah so we, dude like, i definitely like we have yeah. to i definitely will i would love to do europe and, and the uk and all that um mm-hmm. at some point so um uh, but yeah, man, if you guys make it out to the Midwest, if you have any plans, like, um, would love to. you know, I could help you, uh, you know, we, we, I would be interested in, in jumping on, we could help you guys out sure. with like St. Louis, Kansas city, um, probably we even like, that. you know, I might even be able to help with like Memphis or, um, Indianapolis or Nashville. So like we could do yeah. you know, that. All of those places are within like, you know, a day's drive from St. Louis. So Maybe we could yeah. do a little weekender or something together. So <laughs> I, I, I think we should start planning it now, man, for spring. You know, like I, because we, what Taken Days has done is we've overplayed our area. It's helped, but like Southern California, I mean, like LA to San Diego and inward, we've played so much so often. It's great, but we need to go someplace else. Like yeah. that is, you know, and like we've made it out uh, to Vegas and we played Arizona a few times and we made it to Fest. But we really haven't toured, toured, and it's like we need to slow down on the one-offs and tour. Yeah. So that's our that's uh, our major push, and that is what we have to do. The hardest part about that now, of being an adult, is like just the like managing. You know, because I'm older now, I have a good job, but like you know, managing yeah. managing the the time off. <laughs> For it's sure, like, oh, you know, 100%. Of, of course, I would love to do like you know, I, I I would love to do a big like you know two week long tour, but like I don't have that much yeah. vacation time, and you know, uh, my girlfriend totally. my girlfriend and I want to do like you know, we want to do an out, out of country trip th- this next year, so. I'm trying to just yeah. be smart around like, okay, when are our company holidays <laughs> and like, oh, yeah. you know, when can I take a, you know, a two days off here and three days off here and still have enough time banked. Um, but yeah, it's, it, I, I have really enjoyed, I mean, we're from the Midwest. So I, and I, you know, I've yeah. talked to the guys in my band and my girlfriend about this all the time. And we, I really, really try not to um, play our hometown too often just because yeah. I, I like people to, um, you know, and I'm sure it's a little bit different out where you guys are from, but like, cause you know, those are bigger cities, but, um, here St. Louis, like it's not a super big city. Um, it's not like a Chicago or, um, you know, a Dallas, Fort Worth or, or an LA. 
So like we yeah. really, and, and then our punk scene is even smaller. So if you're playing too much, people kind of are like, oh, I see they have like three or four shows over the next three three months. I'll catch yeah. them whenever, you know. So so we yes. try to really make, um, you know, the last couple of years I've made it a concerted effort. Actually, probably the last, yeah, the last since 2021, since shows kind of started coming back from COVID, I started making a concerted effort to like, okay, we're going to do a show and then we're going to wait like three months and then we're going to do another show and then we're going to wait three months. And in between all those, we, you know, we do little weekenders like uh, we'll, we'll go up to Chicago and Indianapolis and we'll do KC and um, we're getting ready to do like, you know, head out east and go uh, like to Philadelphia and back. So, so Killer. you know, in the meantime, we're trying to do that kind of stuff. But it, it, it really is a big, for me, uh, I, I am just like bit by the road bug. Like I'm such a, like yeah. uh, me and like two, two of our other guys, like, um, you know, our drummer has, um, he, he has kind of a busy schedule. He can't always tour. So we've had some other guys tour with us, but like myself uh -huh. and Jacob, our bass player and Steven, like we're, we're just road dogs. Like we love being out there yeah. and like every day is an adventure. And like, sometimes you show up to the venue and you're like, well, you know, I mean, well, now, now we are getting to the point where, like, well, if we know we play Chicago, we know what to expect. If we play Kansas City, we know, know what to expect. Like, the places that we've played multiple yeah. times. But sometimes you show up to, like, Memphis, Tennessee, and you're like, you know what? There could be, you know, 100 people here. There could be 10. I don't know. But, like, we're going in, totally. baby. <laughs> no, I, I love it, and I, I completely agree. And from Taken Days hasn't had a chance to tour much but I've done some touring now with Sidekick and I've toured with Toxic Energy a bit and people care more about you when you're not in your area. Like whether it's Europe or States away or just Northern California or whatever, um, when they're like, you guys are from LA or, or Orange County. They're like super into it because we're from LA or Orange County and we're in their area. Whereas people in LA and Orange County are like, yeah, you're one of a bazillion bands. Even though we know you, we like you, and we will come see you. Uh, there's there's so many shows going on today I can't even keep my head straight like and they're all amazing like within an hour of where I'm standing at my house there's I'm going to this huge fest like I said with Alkaline and Thrice and everything uh, the sidekick guys are playing this rad festival in LA with narcoleptic youth and uh, Reagan uh, who else is playing a bunch of cool bands and Less Than Jake's playing down the street with the Venomous Pinks our homegirls and there's a festival thing in San Diego that Eurothane's playing. Our friends Hoist the Colors are playing in LA, and our buddies currently Classic hit me up. They're like, "Oh, we're playing the Glass House in Pomona." I'm like, and "Like that's all today." Yeah. So, dude, that's uh, crazy. That's the problem with that's the problem with Southern California. Is from the outside looking in, people would think, "Oh, that's that's the mecca," and there's so much history, and it is a mecca. But every festival rolls through here. Every tour rolls through here. There's so much going on that it's super hard to stand out, especially like an August Saturday, if you were going to try to like throw a show, it's like, how do you get people to not go to less than Jake alkaline trio and Reagan youth and all these other things, you know, and you're a thing, like, how do you reel them to you? It's hard. <laughs> yeah, you know? it is. It is. It, um, you know, and, and that's, that's so much different than it, than it is here in St. Louis. I mean, of course, you know, some, some of the bigger bands roll through, but, a lot of times, uh, I mean, you know, all the bands that you just rattled off, I'm like, man, those are all like really well-known bands too. And we just don't have, sure. we don't have a lot of 
uh, of that here. And those are well, well-known bands that are from your area, you know, and we don't have that same type of, of um, scene here, you know what I mean? So, I mean, it's, yeah. it still is like, uh, you know, people still come out like to a degree. Sure. Um, I, you know, I'm trying to kind of, I would love to see it be more frequently, but again, we're just not, we're just not a bigger city, you know, so, um, which actually yeah. kind of, I like in, in some regards. I think but. it's better. I, th- I think it's better for you because when you play, the people that are into it are going to try and make it or like, like if we came and we put together a cool show and we played there, it might be the only cool thing going down that week. Right. So yeah, that is, that is special. Like that can't happen here. That's impossible. Like in, and even here, like if I was going to throw like a taken days headline show, I'm telling you, I, it would be a Wednesday or a Thursday because I would be too afraid to compete on a with Saturday. Something, something bigger. It's harder. A few months ago, we did a show with like urethane on a Saturday, and I was super nervous uh, as it was coming up. Like, oh my, God, there's going to be so much rad stuff going on. But we kind of got lucky, um, and our friends Radical Radical and Dream Racers played, and it was a cool show, and it was free. You're like, come on, please come to this cool free thing, and it worked out. Like there wasn't a festival that day. There wasn't you know, social distortion wasn't playing in Anaheim. Like we got lucky, you know, but it's like you, when we, when it was, when I was hit up about a four months out, I'm like, Ooh, July, Saturday. I don't know. I'm like, yeah. uh, you know, how are we going to stand out? But like, you can get lucky. Like today's a gnarly one. Like it's, it's, it's a, there's a lot going on. Yeah. You know? That's crazy. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of the end of the summer, you know, next week we're going to be in September and, I think oh, yeah. people are kind of trying to like a lot of things are happening this weekend in St. Louis too. So t- tonight there's a lot of shows happening, like just on a cool. local level too. So yeah, and, and and your guys' show tomorrow Sunday. Sundays are great, you know. And I wish sun- every Sunday show in punk rock should be a matinee. And that's the that's the forty year old me thinking that. But I love an early punk show. I think it's the coolest. I think first band at four o'clock, headliners up at eight. I'm in bed by ten. I'm all about it. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> dude, we played we played a show we played a show in uh, Denver, and it was uh, it was an early show. The first band was at four o'clock, and um, I think the doors were at three. And it was actually good turnout, man. Like I I, I didn't yeah, know how it was cool. gonna go, but like um, the band that we had were like on a they they were on a longer tour, but we were on the last leg of the tour with them, and. Um, they hadn't played in in um, Denver for a while, and it was kind of like their EP release like show. So, uh, I mean, there was like a hundred kids in this venue on at four o'clock on yeah. a Sunday, and I was like, "This is freaking awesome!" And uh, that whole run yeah. was actually a really really good run. But, um, dude, tell me a little Love bit that. about. Okay, so um, tell me a little bit about. You sent me these uh, songs, and yes. the, the one that I liked the most was called least of all you i think yeah um is that the next single that's that's, coming out that is so that's gonna be so we have i don't have dates i can say but finally uh one of the things about being on a record label on the other side of the world is the time thing so like they go to bed as we're waking up and vice versa so sometimes it takes like a day and a half for like those emails to go and we're, we're on this huge feed of emails of all the players trying to lay out the strategy and they they gave like their final suggested one i think yesterday morning and we all agreed to it so that we we want to do four singles with that being the first one and it is going to come out next month on the second on the back half of september and then 
we're going to do four singles is kind of the strategy, which is a little unique, you know, and it's, there's a thousand opinions about releasing EPs and singles and full records, or if you do a single, how many, should you do a music video, should you do a lyric video and all that stuff. And then when the record comes out, um, at this point, the conversation is very early 2024. And I think that probably makes more sense than doing a late, late 23. Yes. So, so that is like, and I didn't love the sound of that of like, because like I said, we got together in a room with all the ideas for an entire weekend and wrote and recorded the first version of every song on this album plus more in October of 2021. Yeah. So that's gnarly. It's, it's paid, like least of all you, I wrote in the summer of 2021. I love that song too. And we have lately been cheating and playing these things live, which normally I wouldn't play it till <laughs> it came out. Yes. But, but, but we've been cheating. Um, we literally couldn't take it anymore. Like I wanted we all wanted people to hear these cool songs we have. So it's killing us, man. <laughs> and, and that honestly makes me feel better to hear that you guys, as well as Versus the World, have been working on these songs for a really long time. Because I'm in the same boat. Like some of these yes. songs that I have That's written. That's normal. Yeah. Dude, so, some that, of these songs that, that, that I have yeah. written on, uh, that are going to be on our record, are I wrote in winter of 2021. And it's not, they're not going to be out until... But like yeah. I, I don't think it's gonna be out until probably early 2024. You know, maybe like late yeah. January or February. But um, it, I think that's you know, I was talking with a friend of mine. He's like, man, it's been a while since you guys have put something out. And I'm like, yeah, man. But like, that's like the longer that you kind of like in a, in a world where I mean, we we have two singles out now that are off the record that are gonna be on the record. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I kind of feel I, like I, I love I love your band by the way. I want to just get that out there. I, I oh, <laughs> thank so, you, man. Good. Thank you, man. I appreciate super that. Good, yeah, I appreciate that. I, I sure. think like I, sure. I'll have to send you a preview of the record. Um, Yo, uh, once we do. get off the phone, but I feel like I feel like the longer that you wait, you know, yeah. So it'll be, uh, you know, it's been a, uh, not quite a year since we put out our last single, but um, in November of this year, it'll be a, a year since we've like released anything, and I think. Yeah. Um, I think the longer, you know, this year we've really toured, we went out and um, like uh, met more people and we've got more people listening to our music. So the longer that it kind of goes in between, the more anticipation builds. If As yeah. long as you're going out and trying to like reach more people and stuff like that, um, yeah. th then when it does come out, it's like, oh, holy shit, I've been waiting for this. I want to make sure I pre-order. I want to make sure I get the yeah. vinyl. I, I, I want to make sure. sure I get out to the release shows. Like, um, you know, it does take a little, yeah, it takes a little bit of time, but yeah. I, I would much rather take my time with it than rush something yeah. and get it, you know, just to get it out. Um, even though I'm, I'm, even though I get impatient and I want to do it. <laughs> oh, for sure. And like, you know, when you're at, a, when you're at a smaller level of playing, you don't re realize this until you kind of start to climb this ladder a little bit. But like, yeah, versus the world, I witnessed them tracking those songs in s spring of 2021. And we we all didn't hear the album until, you know, late spring 2023. So two years. That's a really long one. Uh, Mercy Music's new album, which is incredible, and also on SBAM. I know that they recorded that over a year before we heard it. And same thing with us. We finished recording the album. Uh, we recorded it in December and early January. So it was done in January. But um, and then there was a big delay where uh, Alkaline Trio was demoing for their new record. And then Yo Gabba Gabba 
the show fired back up. So Cameron's involved in all that. So we're like, oh yeah, those are, you got to do that. I mean, I'd rather hear the new Aquiline trio than ours. So, you know, work up with them, but that strong. And then they ended up going to David Grohl's studio in LA for like three months. So he was not really able to work on edits and mixes. And we were talking, I was bugging him and he's like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, no, but then like he, he called me and what, what meant the most is he goes, look, I'm super busy with Alkaline. And I'm like, that's fine. And he goes, but your songs deserve the same attention that Alkaline Trio gets. So when I have that time to give it that attention, that's when it'll get edit the edits. That's when I'm going to mix it. He goes, but you deserve to be at the same platform. It's going to sound just like their record, you know, like that. And then I'm like, you're right. Why would I rush you? I'm, I'm crazy. Like yeah. who would rush, like who, who would rush a, a mad scientist genius working with you? It's like, no, 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 no take your time, take a year. I don't care. I'm like, you're right. Like, why would I, why would I want you to cheat and shortcut this thing? No way. We put too much into it. So, and then even going to a different label and putting this whole plan together and delaying and let's do four singles instead of three. Like all all the dialogue is like, no, like we put so much work into this. It makes sense. Like let's milking. It's not the right word, but let's spread it out, you know? And, and the hardest part is for the people that really love taking days who watched us two years ago, talking about writing songs and watched us, demo them five times and do pre-production and be in and out of the studio and doing all this stuff. Hey, we're recording. And they're like, uh, are you guys full of shit? Cause where's this music? Yes. You know, we're like, <laughs> yes. we're like, no, I swear. Like, and, and we're not lazy. We're working our asses off. It's like, we're not just sitting around like, Oh, I forgot I was in a band. You know, it's like, no, we are grinding and we, it, it just takes a long time. It's wild. And, and then, and then once the album is out, you know, then, then you, you tour, you got to sell records, you got to, you know, you have, you finally have the wax on your table where you can let, you know, people, people want to pick up albums. Like, you know, the only, the only thing that, I mean, we have a, we have a cassette, you know, but people aren't as into cassettes as they are into vinyl and it's a smaller, you know, on on the business side, it's a smaller price point. Um, so it's like, you know, they kind of just get a cassette to, you know, I don't know if people really listen to cassettes all that often, but it's like, they kind of just get one as like a a trinket, you know? Um, which it's a cool looking cassette. I mean, it's very, very cool to have. And like, yeah, it's a cool, it's a cool piece of like memorabilia of our band. But at the same time, like the vinyl is like, you know, I mean, it's the end all be all now it's the top. I think over the last couple of years, like vinyl has now topped, CDs as the main selling uh, item of physical media again. You know, it's like vinyl is king sure. again. So it's Absolutely. like, you know, and, and even myself, I'm not a big vinyl collector, but like when a band like MXPX, which is one of my favorite bands, I want to get that vinyl. I want to pull it out. I want to see it. I, sure. I may only listen to it a couple times on my record player. For sure. But like, I want to see the liner notes. I want to see the packaging and all of that is just kind totally. of the whole process yeah. of. Of, uh, oh yeah, of, of I'm gonna music, buy it too. Trust know? me, I, I, yeah. I haven't ordered it yet, but that's like the next time I'm on a computer, I'm ordering it. There's yes, no doubt. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, absolutely, and, and and also support the you know the smaller bands. Like I bought Mercy's record on vinyl right out of the gate, Mercy sure. Music, and sure, and and versus the world, I bought their vinyl from them in person when we played their release show. You know, it was like there's no way I'm leaving without this. Like absolutely, we're doing this now. absolutely. You know, for yeah. sure. And I, dude, I'm the same way. I'm, I buy, uh, you know, I buy all the Jumpstart uh, records, bands, like when, when, a, cool. when I, I buy all their stuff and then whenever, um, some, you know, something, if, if I'm not a vinyl person, if I'm like, oh, maybe I won't buy the vinyl, I'll buy a t-shirt, you know, or, or something like yeah. to kind of support yeah. the bands because that, that For really sure. is, um, you know, that's, that's something it. that I've kind of been preaching about lately is like, 
if you want to see bands from your hometown go out and do more and get bigger yeah. and and you know you merch. have to support them you have to go to the shows you have to have to buy the merch have to like really you know help them help get there you know because yeah. i can't you, we can't I'll, keep paying out of our pocket forever <laughs> for, for sure all of them and, and, and even the same too like if if you can afford it or maybe maybe don't drink at that show and save your out save your beer money but buy the support and opening bands merch and and buy the headliners too because I mean, there's no money in music. Music, I have this saying, if you want to blow someone's mind in a conversation, be like, what's the one thing that over the last several decades has gotten cheaper and cheaper and cheaper as opposed to inflation? And no one will figure it out and tell them music. Because when I was like in elementary school, I would spend 19.99 to buy a CD yeah. that I only knew one song because there was a video on MTV. And nobody, if, if you told somebody now, hey, give me $20 to listen to my record you've never heard, they would, they'd be like, are you crazy? Your music's free. And it's like, you're right. Oh, shit, it is free or practically free. You know, it's free on YouTube. Uh, everything, you know, like or, you can or, listen to us for free. You know, for, for, I think Spotify now is like, it's went up by a dollar. It's ten ninety nine for, you know, a month for all the music that you pretty yes. much everyone's on there. So like, you know, yeah. it's your, your, it really in a way has kind of devalued the completely the medium of music because oh for eleven dollars I can listen to any song that's pretty much ever been published like you know I can ever. I can yeah. listen to Wes Hoffman and Taken Days or I can listen to the Beatles like yep. you know it, it it's sure. really kind of wild and so when you take that extra step to say I'm gonna buy this vinyl I'm gonna buy this T-shirt that puts so much more even though even though it's a double-edged sword like I love Spotify because. People can find yeah. out, anyone can find out about my music, you know, even if you have the free version, yeah. you can listen to my stuff. But it's also like, you know, I think the most that I've, I've ever withdrawn out of Spotify is like $300, like over, you know, like, oh, yeah. like well, five they, they, years they, they, or something yeah. like that. Like, like it's, it's sad, you know, it's, it's uh, super sad. And so, yeah, the only way to make music is go out and sell t-shirts and vinyl. And that's, I, I love the, I was never a vinyl head either, but now like, when I first saw Taken Days album on vinyl and it said Wiretap Records on the back, like there were tears coming down my face. I couldn't believe it. You know, like like this happened. You know, yeah. And I know that when other people hold our record and they like those songs and it means something to them, like that is the raddest thing. So we're super into that. Absolutely. Well, Brett, Brent, this has been an awesome time, man. Um, I uh, I appreciate you being on the show, and uh, I'm Definitely. gonna I'm gonna try to get this up probably uh maybe by the end of the day by the weekend oh, um, cool. uh but yeah man thanks so much for coming on how can people find uh taken days and how can people follow you so taken days has a brand new website thanks to john and everybody at dorothy house it's really cool takendays.net is our website uh we have a facebook page and instagram at taken days is where you kind of track everything and then if you want to track me on my adventures and i post all the taken day stuff too i'm at Brent Waterworth on Instagram. I don't have a Facebook. I just, Instagram's kind of my music business tool. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much, brother. <laughs> I really appreciate it. I will, um, you know, I'll let you know once, once this is up and, uh, you know, this won't be the last time we're, we're, we're talking. So no, definitely not. Let's, uh, let's start a conversation soon about some Midwest shows next year. I think that'd be cool. Or even we could pick another location like a Denver or an East Coast and we go that we meet up there together and, and, and put something together. Would be yeah, fun, you know? absolutely. That sounds so, great, man. Brett. Hell cool. yeah. All right. Much love, Brett. Yep.
Okay. All right, buddy. Have a good one. Bye-bye.